Graham, it's coming, it's coming. Get in the bunker. What's happened? Are we at war? Yes, nuclear war. It's coming. Get into the bunker. Who's, who's firing nuclear weapons? Um, France? F- France are firing nuclear weapons at the UK? Yeah, Brexit negotiations went really badly. That's not true, is it? No. And that siren isn't real either, is it? No. You're just playing the first second of Sound of the Police by KRS-One over and over again, aren't you? Okay, look. I didn't want to say this, because I know that you won't take it seriously, but we need to go into the bunker... because... Because? Um, 5G. That's it. We've got to get away from the 5G rays. What are you talking about? I'm not getting your bunker. It doesn't look structurally sound. I think we'd be less safe in there than we are out here. Yeah, but the acoustics down there are great. Oh, why didn't you say so? And it's soundproof, so you can put the volume up as loud as you want. All right, let's get working on that mixtape. Hello and welcome to Emergency Mixtape with Joe and Graham. I'm Joe. And I'm Graham. And this is the podcast where we make a mixtape for every possible eventuality. And today we're joined by Angela Barnes. Hello, Angela. Hello, how are you doing? I'm great, yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying this lockdown more than, than I feel I should. I keep saying that as well. I'm like, I get it, it's a global pandemic, really bad, people are dying, awful. But the actual lockdown, it, I, was, I was born for hunkering down, the truth is. I like yeah, I, I miss stand-up and that's it. I, yeah. I like I'm the happiest stop it in years. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us. Um, we, this is a podcast about mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually we ask people if they are makers or receivers of mixtapes. You've sent us a, a picture <laughs> of the first mixtape you received. I it, have. It's beautiful. I, I, it, it was from um, my first boyfriend. His name was Shaylan. I was 17. And uh, that was the mixtape he meant made me i sent you a little copy of it there it's very of its time it's 1994 because i'm old um but i i'm a i'm a real mixtape fan like and i think i'm my generation really are because we were in a time where you couldn't just listen to whatever you wanted whenever you wanted and making mixtapes the thought that went into it the dedication and i'm still obsessed with i've got also got um i found um a picture of the, the first cd i made for matt when we started going out um and it's called it was on valentine's day it's called vd songs for matt um and then and, congratulations and I, by the way you're you're engaged now aren't yes we got engaged first week of lockdown i wonder if he would still propose now after we've been locked together <laughs> for six weeks but got the ring it was on, a so. successful mixtape though <laughs> yeah absolutely um yeah so i love spotify playlist all of that i'm all over it i love making a mixtape I, I'm so so you because uh, you sent this picture and I, I thought yeah. that means you're a receiver of mixtapes, but are you a bit of both? Bit of both, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That was the first one I received, but um, yeah, I'm definitely a, I'm a giver as well as a taker, is what we're <laughs> learning. <laughs> I, I one thing which I'm fascinated by mixtape is is there's a lot of things which which I uh, are kind of as expected on on a kind of mid nineties, <laughs> um, I guess a kind of indie mixtape in the middle. Yeah. There, there's some LL Cool J. <laughs> I need love, <laughs> absolutely. That seems to come out of nowhere. <laughs> That's a bit, yeah. It's very sort of shoegazy indie until that point. 
Then you've got sort yeah. of Prince and LL Cool J sneaking some, somewhere under the radar. The rest is sort of charlatans the... and stone roses and... Yes, there's there's a lot of uh, some spiral carpets and, and blur, but that it, the Prince and LL Cool J are put together, which feel, feels appropriate. The yeah, that's Prince a great kind of prepares section. you for LL Cool J. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a ramp up from the indie. <laughs> uh, so, so actually, you know, we, we uh, pick a situation which we might find ourselves in, uh, and, and we make a mix for that situation. Mm-hmm. I know that you love nuclear bunkers, um, so I, I thought that you would be the best person to help us with this. So, how, how do you think you cope in a bunker if you needed needed to go into one? It would really depend on who I'm in there with. Um... On my own or just I'm learning that me and Matt and the dog would be fine, probably. Um, (laughs) But too many people because the actual situation, one of those bunkers, you know, if you're looking at one of the regional seats of government bunkers, you've got 800 people down there. uh, You didn't have 800 beds. You had maybe uh, they do a three in a bed system. So you do eight hour shifts in the beds. So you get it for eight hours and the next person would get it for eight hours and the next person would get it for eight hours. So never clean sheets. And that, no, I wouldn't be dealing well with that. But on my own. Yeah, I could cope <laughs> worryingly well. <laughs> well, hopefully, that, hopefully this mixtape will, will help help it if, if necessary. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, Shall we jump into our first song? Is from Graham, I believe. Yes, yes, I think it is. Um, so, um, not that I'm running any parallels at the moment, but um, I've been hearing <laughs> the phrase uh, "new normal" <laughs> quite a lot recently. And to me, the new normal kind of feels like something after a breakup of sorts. Um, so the the track I've chosen to kind of illustrate that, and I, th- I think it's the similar thing to what you would do in a bunker if you're uh, in the aftermath of, or eventually in the aftermath of a, uh, a nuclear explosion or, you know, whatever you're in there for. Um, I've gone for Let Go of the Past by the Tuts. So, um, again, running no parallels, but uh, I, I find there's been a lot of messages recently that haven't been as clear as they could be. So you'll find, <laughs> you'll find both of my choices today are pretty on the nose. Um, so the Tuts, like over the past, is um, I think the lyrical content is about a breakup. Mm-hmm. So it's um, uh, somebody that is letting go of the past because they had an awful breakup and basically saying, don't let it spoil the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is vaguely illustrative of what's going on at the moment. And I think if you're in a bunker, yeah, it's kind of all you've got, really. Well, that's it. You've got to have hope, right? Otherwise, what's the point in even going in the bunker in the first place? If you haven't got some sort of hope, then you might as well just run towards ground zero and, you know. So, yeah, that's a nice message, I think, for in a bunker, isn't it? That, all right, this is happening. I think it's one of the the nicer ones, yeah, definitely. You know, we're, we're, we're later, we'll come on to the songs which people have suggested. But I thought it was, mm-hmm. I'm glad that, that we all, all get the premise of this because this is a mixtape to listen to in the bunker. And a lot of people yeah. suggested songs about nuclear war. But in the bunker, <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. Well, one of mine is, but <laughs> we'll come to that later. Yeah, but, um... but it's, it's not beat one. But um, no, yeah, but yeah we, we want, uh, this song made me feel happy. It reminded yeah. me a bit of Taco Cat. Have you ever heard Taco Cat? No. Yeah, so, do you know, funnily enough, um, this uh, I found out about the Toots on a uh, Right Girl playlist on Spotify. There's just one if you search for it. It's a really good one. It's got like, 60 songs on it. And I found out about Taco Cat from the same uh, playlist. So oh. it's good. How did, good. What did you think about Angela? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was um, girl power. You know, it was I, I definitely want something with with hope in it for the future. 
if I'm in a bunker, like I said, you don't want to be uh, and and looking at. I I think there's a real. We don't know when what we're in at the moment is going to end this whole COVID nineteen thing, but there will be a future without it. And there are positives that are going to come out. You know that we've cut emissions. We've you know it's going to change probably how we travel forever, and you know have a great impact on the. Well, so yeah, bring on the uplifting. You don't want to be in the bunker, you know, crying, do you? You want to be, all right, what's next? Absolutely. Well, I, I have picked a song about nuclear war. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, but I'll tell you why I picked, because there's lots of songs about nuclear war that I could have picked. I could have picked When the Wind Blows, David Bowie. I could have picked Hammer to Fall. I could have picked loads of stuff. But I picked this one, um, A, because it, from my it's from 1983 when I would have been five or six. and um, I, I I remember seeing the song on Top of the Pops. I remember seeing the video and I loved it from the first time I heard it. Um, I think it came out in 1984 over here, actually. And um, so it has this nostalgia thing for me. And at the time, I didn't get what it was about at all. So just the tune and the words of the English version, I loved. And then as I got older, I learned German at school. I did German A-level and I, um, we studied this song. And I did. I started learning German soon after the Berlin Wall came down. The Berlin Wall came down on my thirteenth birthday, and um, I started learning German. Sorry, just before the wall came down, and so I sort of got obsessed with particularly that part of Cold War history, the um, uh, East German history. And what I, is really fascinating about this song is it. It was written in March nineteen eighty three. And what a lot of people don't know is 1983 is like a really, really, um, what's the word, uh, sort of important year in the Cold War in that nuclear war nearly happened at least twice in 1983. And a lot of people don't know that. It's the nearest we came to nuclear war since the Cuban Missile Crisis of 62. Um, and this, the song is about basically, it's 99 Luftballon, which is 99 balloons. And it's about these balloons being released into the air and then um, in West Berlin and them drifting across the wall, essentially, to East Berlin and then being mistaken for um, a, a military attack of some sort and therefore kicking off World War Three. But what's so mad is this was written in March 1983 and in September 1983, something even madder than that actually happened. Um, in that um, there was an incident where a man called Stanislav Petrov was sat uh, in an early warning monitoring station in Soviet Union and received an alert that five nuclear launches had been made um, against a Warsaw Pact country somewhere. And in that moment, what he should have done was alerted the chain of command, at which point they would have launched a retaliation. But he had a gut feeling that this wasn't what it he you know wasn't actually there was a glitch in the system somewhere and it turned out that what actually happened is um there was a some weird thing with sunlight on a cloud above north dakota somewhere had shown up on a radar screen as a nuclear launch and it was something that simple nearly ended in in all-out war and um and that was in the september 1983 so that was you know months after this song was written and released and then in November that year, um, it nearly happened. There was a, a, a NATO exercise called Able Archer, which used to happen every year, just a chain of command exercise. But in 1983, paranoia was really high in the Kremlin for various reasons. And they misinterpreted some of the actions of this exercise as being for real and almost launched a counterattack. 
So um, twice in that year after this song was written, it nearly happened, that sort of worst-case scenario. So I think in the bunker, um, you say, you know, you don't want to think about what, what actually did just happen, but how many times we've come close and it hasn't happened, be good to have a reminder of, well, it was always inevitable that one day, <laughs> one day it's going to happen. That that is a that is amazing that for for one person to to you know to be not doing what they're meant to do really to to, well, to break the rules of their job and they well he actually the got he the reason he didn't sort of alert anybody to it at the time was um well two reasons one they'd got a new system and he just wasn't a hundred percent sure that it wasn't a glitch in the system and the second was there were only five missiles were launched and actually if if they were going to launch a, an all out attack it would be a lot more than five missiles so he was like something's not right here um but so he didn't tell anyone and therefore it was but when the um soviets found out that he'd not informed them he actually got reprimanded for not documenting it and ended up um like ostracized basically he had to leave that job and and just and it wasn't until the 2000s this was in 1983 it wasn't until the 2000s he got a world citizen award from america that he was never ever um given any sort of hero status or any sort of praise in the soviet union he was seen as somebody who didn't do his job properly um and and he'd never told his wife what had happened and when he started getting all these awards she was like, what did you do? And he went, nothing. I did nothing. <laughs> what I did it was nothing. Um, Literally nothing. But yeah, but he basically saved the world and got told off for it. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. He, he died in 2017. Um, oh, yeah. that's a shame. I was going to give him a shout out in a minute. Oh, but... yeah. Stanislav Petrov. Good old Stanislav. Thank you. We, we wouldn't be here without you. It is. It's interesting. You chose the German version, and the German version is is so much better. And I yeah, can't absolutely. explain why yeah. it's better, but it is better, isn't it? Well, the, the the reason I chose the German version, the English version, I was aware of first. Like that was what was on top of the pops when I was a kid, and that's what I have in my memory and stuff. But when um, Nana, the the singer and the band that recorded it, hated the English translation, they did it because they didn't have a better translation. But it was a guy I can't remember his name, Kevin, someone who did the translation. And they felt it was a bit too satirically on the nose. Like the German version is very similar, it's sort of similar story, but there's just a little bit more in the German version, a little bit more um, subtlety um, than in the in the British ver- in the English translation, the, the sort of poetic translation. And if you look, you can find online a direct translation from the German, mm. um, and I prefer that. So now I always listen to the German version. I know that's the one they want us to listen to. It's my song choice now, and I have chosen. Homecoming by Kanye West with Chris Martin. And Angela's laughed at this, but it's an absolute banger. So, Do you know, um, I'm a Chris Martin apologist. First Coldplay album, banging. Rest, I can do without. But I love that first album, Parachutes. There, I've said it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're an apologist for for uh, Chris Martin. I think that um, that you're right. That first album was great. Yeah. He's become a monster. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen I've him read... in Glastonbury once, probably 2004, something like that. Certainly early 2000s, and it was it was great. I think I, one of the things that really turned me against him was I read I got Enemy magazine. It was, was you'll be able to find this. It's it the first one that Catherine Ryan had a column in, and I, so I got it just for that. And he had been awarded uh, Rock God, oh, uh, Rock God status. And there's an interview of him about it. And it is the, just the most incredible exercise in kind of false modesty. 
Right. So they're saying, how does it feel to be a rock god? And I don't I hope that most people would either go, well, that's a ridiculous thing, doesn't make sense, or they'd go, well, obviously, I always knew I was a god, I was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and he kind of is really humble about it and went, well, you know, we started out in all these little bars, but now look at what we've achieved. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it takes it really seriously. No, so I think that's the thing about Chris Martin is I feel like he's got very little self-awareness. Mm. You know, and actually mm. you just go, oh, just either own it or don't what you are. See, that, that's the, the difference. It's interesting that he's worked with Kanye because Kanye is owning it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Chris Martin is, is trying to be humble about it. And um, I, I, I'm more, uh, for, as a personality, I like Kanye a lot more than Chris Martin, I would say. Yeah. I just think he's a very beige human being i think he's the kind of person where if you if you cut him he bleeds like volivants or something you know just a really beige guy he definitely wears combat trousers all the time without a doubt yeah (laughs) yeah definitely yeah then they're no one's um if they're they're kind of the favorite band of people who don't really like music that much yeah Um, exactly exactly that but this song is this song is fucking great. I, 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 Kanye, I think, is the first person to make two entries into our mixtapes because Rob Mulholland picked um, Runaway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's just such a fantastic tune. It's not my favourite one of his albums. It's brilliant. I always feel a little bit ashamed that I'm listening to Chris Martin. But in the bunker, no, one, no one's going to know. <laughs> no one can hear you, Chris Martin. <laughs> Have you heard this, uh, the Kanye track before? Had I? No, I hadn't. And I, I expected to hate it just because... Well, Chris Martin. Um, but yeah, it was, it's a it's a jolly tune. No, it's I've, I've enjoyed it. I had a little dance around to it. It's um, catchy. Yeah. Brilliant. I'll, um, uh, who's next? It's Graham next, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, so carrying on from my, uh, from my theme earlier, um, I think depending on how long we would be in said bunker, um, I think certain things are going to happen eventually. I think certain feelings are going to make themselves known. And um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to keep this as PG as I can. Um, so the, <laughs> the song I've gone for is uh, Let's Make Out by Dream Wife. The, uh, the, when I listen to this song, I imagine V and you in a bunker and you singing this to me. And that's one of the most terrifying things that I've ever imagined. <laughs> Eyes locked unblinking yeah absolutely full volume as well like mm. like about an inch away from each other but full volume <laughs> at first i was just like you know is it are you too shy and i was like oh my god this is a little bit um hashtag me too this song <laughs> but then you know we're in a bunker and probably it's on us to repopulate the earth so <laughs> pretty you know? much yeah. it'd, be, it'd be a very different song if it was sung by a man i think definitely yeah yeah absolutely um and that's funny that isn't it because yeah, if you look at the lyrics and imagine a man singing them, that's quite Horrible. frightening. <laughs> imagine this man singing them, Joe. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, I, I think it, I think it's um, I think it's a cool song. I think the uh, Dreamwife's a really cool band, anyway. Um, but I think it's just like it's one of those wonderful punk songs where it's just sub three minutes and it's just really hard guitars and just shouting and just a really direct message again, which I cannot stress enough is what I'm about this week. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just think it's a great song. <laughs> I love that, that, that your messaging is so without any sort of ambiguity. That's so perfect. Yep. Without a hint of irony, ambiguity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some might say wit, but that's up to them. <laughs> 
We've got let go of the past and then make out. Those are the those are the two. Um, yeah, two but you forget about him. At the moment, get yeah. off with me. That's what you're saying, yeah. essentially. <laughs> 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 Who we gonna have? We got An- Angela. Your, your turn Ooh, again. Me again. Me again. Okay. Well, um, so if my first song choice was all about nostalgia and sort of looking back, my second, um, I, I I thought the same as you, Joe. Like you don't want too much nostalgia if you're in the bunker remembering your past and what life used to be like. Um, so I, I've sort of come something really modern for me because I'm 40, nearly 44, and I sort of stopped listening to new music in about 2006, I think. You, you just sort of get to a point where you're like, oh, that's all the music I ever need now uh, when I got to like 30. Um, but Lizzo came along and it was like, hang on a minute, what's this? Um, and what I love about Lizzo full stop, but particularly this song, is that there's this kind of... I, what I love is is Generation Y, isn't it? The the sort of below millennials. They I have it's Gen this, Z, isn't it? Gen Z. Oh yeah, hang on, Gen Y. What's that? That's millennials. We, I'm Gen X, oh, millennial, no. Gen Z. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> We're talking about eighteen to twenty five year olds. Yeah, and and what I think there's these brilliant messages for those kids now, and I'm learning so much about them, and they've got so much that I wish I had. Like I I grew up in Maidstone in Kent, right, a sort of horrible working class Tory environment, and um, I was there recently and I've got a little godson who's 16 and he was telling me about his um, mates at school. He was just talking about them and he just mentioned one of his friends and just went like, um, oh, Jason or whatever his name is, who's gay. And he would, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When I was 16 in Maidstone, you didn't have gay friends. Gay people did not exist. And it's like, this is brilliant. The 16 year olds now are just being whoever the hell they want to be. And Lizzo encapsulates that. And I am so envious for those people because I want to be that. I want to love myself. So I think now it's like you've got to love yourself till you almost fancy yourself, right? And I am not on board with that for me. And I just think, and, and I think people in my generation have this sort of, we've got this opposite struggle now of we're being told you just got to love yourself and then you feel guilty when you don't, you know, because we've been brought up sort of thinking we're pieces of shit, basically. So, so for young people now, I just think they've been told to love themselves and they actually do. That's incredible. And people like Lizzo just encapsulate that. And then Soulmate is a song which is just in a bunker, a song that reminds you you don't need anybody else. Like, I'm my own soulmate. And perfect. And it's a banger to dance to. What more could you want? It is the, it's the perfect choice. It's absolutely fantastic. And... Um... Yeah, I, 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 I don't know whether I can even quote the lyrics about that sounding very old, but there's that, <laughs> the chorus is that, that bitch in the mirror, yeah, she's the one. Oh, I think just that's love it. it. <laughs> just love it. And I, I mean, I walk around my house singing that to the point where I think it's completely emasculated my fiance. Um, <laughs> and I do not apologize for it. It's brilliant. I, I've seen Lizzo live. And uh, have you ever seen her live? I saw her at Glastonbury. Yeah, amazing. Did you feel I like because I I'm I, I'm also in my thirties um, and uh, I like I, also as if I'm not in my mid forties. <laughs> Bless your heart. But I'm, I'm also not uh, in my <laughs> teens twenties. But I I got the feeling at that Lizzo concert that I enjoyed it a lot. But mm-hmm. this is for women in their late teens, early twenties, and the kind of young women around me were getting something out of it that that I could never get from it. Yeah, I think it is. I think, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. It's a song, it's for women, right? This, mm. essentially. Um, and I think definitely for for young women. Um, 
but for me it's it's music that i wish i had when i was a young woman mm. i wish lizzo had been a thing you know what did i have fucking sonia that's what i had <laughs> you know as my role model i wish i'd had lizzo um because her messages are so good and also she's fallible like she talks about not being perfect she talks about um fucking up and and you know not being it's just so good it's such a good message and i just yeah wish i'd had it i really do you're right it's almost like someone's like kind of looked at that demographic and then worked backwards and goes what what do these people need yeah um and made the, the perfect um, song for them. Uh, yeah. that, that album, every song could be a single. Oh, I think, man. Because I Love You is one of my favourite songs. And it's not even been out a year. Well, it's been out about a year, I think. And already it's made it into my top 10 songs of all time. I love that song as well. It's kind of like it's empowering, but it's never narcissistic, you know? Exactly. It's just, it just toes that line so so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really good. I think that's what she's really good at. It's just there. They're anthems. They're anthems and you just want to belt them out. That's brilliant. I've never seen an audience scream so much as it was like old footage of the Beatles. Just people just happy that she was there and the way that she was making them feel. And isn't that, I think that's so wonderful seeing young women screaming at a woman. That is such Mm. a powerful thing because until, when has that happened before? Maybe the Spice Girls a bit, but you know, their message wasn't exactly great. Wear a mini skirt, then they'll like you. You know, that's not brilliant. Um, whereas, you know, when I was growing up, you screamed at Bros. You didn't scream at any women. You mm. know, and I think that is incredible. Yeah, it's, it's screaming. It's not excited because she's there. It's almost like it's excitement around the, almost like the, maybe grandiose to call it a movement, but it felt like a yeah. kind of, you know, the, the concert, like a kind of, um, you know, where she did some kind of political bits in between the songs and, and it was like, became a bit of a rally at some point. Yeah, right. So I have chosen uh, Kate Tempest with People's Faces. I, I, I love it. It makes me cry a little bit. It's been used in an advert recently, which means that I cry at an advert, which isn't good. That's it. What's it an advert um, for? Can you remember? It's, some, it's something around uh, the lockdown. So I think it's something which is maybe slightly acceptable to cry at. I think right. it's maybe like a charity <laughs> advert or something like that. <laughs> But um, I think it's beautiful. I really like that she says, we got our hackles up. I find that really funny. <laughs> Does anyone <laughs> and, actually know uh, what hackles are? I don't know. I think of them like claws. That's what I, th- what I imagine. I it's, it's similar to a dander, I believe. Similar to a what? A dander. Dander, get your dander up. That, that doesn't get me any, any closer. <laughs> I mean, What's are they physical things or is it just a sort of emotional thing, your hackles? I think I mean I think they're being used as a metaphor here, but I don't know. Yeah, well, what, yeah. I don't know what a hackle is. No. Yeah. Sorry, I've I've digressed already. <laughs> My dog used to have hackles, but oh, it feels like something on a horse <laughs> or something. Biologically, I feel I'm out of my depth here. But it's just that first line, isn't it? It's coming to pass. My country's coming apart. You just well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I listened to it. I thought that that's that seems like it's about now, but it also could be any point in the past five years. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Oh God! I think I've, I just find it such a comforting. Have you have I heard the whole album? I haven't. No, the, I the Matt's really of... into Kate Tempest, and I just haven't got. I saw her once. God, must be ten years ago now. Supporting um, Scroobius Pip in Brighton, and that was the first wow. time I'd heard of her. And it was like this is incredible. And then I just never sort of pursued it, which was stupid because this is awesome. I imagine she's incredible live. 
yeah, she was amazing. At that point, it, it might be even more. I'm trying to think when it would have been. It must have been 10 years ago at least. And um, so no one knew who she was then. And mm. Scooby's Pip like brought her out and it just blew everyone away. You know, like usually with the support acts, people just go to the bar or whatever. But everyone came in and were like, what is this? It was, yeah, she was amazing. It was at the Concord in Brighton. Wow, I love that venue. I was yeah, meant to be going to see Danny venue. Brown there before the, uh, the lockdown. Aww. I was very excited about that. Um, anyway, let's not dwell on that. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> but it's, it's a perfectly placed song in an album that's uh, which is really like anxiety-inducing. The album there's a lot of stuff about like police violence and and um, uh, and it just makes you feel really paranoid and anxious. And then it's got this song at the end, which kind of releases all that anxiety and just just makes you feel comforted. Mm. And um, I love the stuff about um, it's so I, I, I'll misquote it, but it's, it's something like um, that. There's the lines between oppressor and oppressed. It's hard to see that we're all the same, but we are. And I think mm. that's that's really beautiful. We just listened to this album about um, you know about oppression, and then she's at the end going, "But you know that people are all all one, even though these things have been built up. We we can dismantle them." Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so on the nose. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's, that's uh, I mean, all, all, I mean, this is one of her less on the nose songs. There's a <laughs> song called Europe is Lost, which is like a, a kind of political manifesto. But I absolutely love it. I want every part of that uh, to be, I want it to become a real manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we asked the internet uh, what, uh, for some extra songs. They, they've gone very much on the nose, but I will... Um, <laughs> I'll share some. Graham, you got a few, haven't you? And I've got a few yes. which I've gathered. Um, so Luke Smith said REM's End of the World. Yep. But that, Does. I, that is obvious. But actually, the I Feel Fine bit, it, it is a comforting song. So I think that's one which I'd allow in. I think yeah. the presumption here that. as well is that we're in the bunker for for the reason of safety as opposed to just like, you know, if you were going to look at one in being q or something like that. Oh, see. <laughs> You could be just testing it out. Yeah, just having a, you know, having a go. Just, just why having not? a tour. Yeah. I think you would need to. I mean, if, if you're going to feasibly stay there a while, you would want to, you know, you'd you want, want to have get a, a nice first. one. And, yeah. 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 Uh, Matt, I've got a few more. Matt Sheridan suggested Ben Folds 5 and Underground. I'm not yeah. a fan of Ben Folds 5. See, I, weirdly, I wasn't. Matt really is. My fella really is. And when we got together, he, and uh, one of the songs that I really like, that would have been a first dance song is The Luckiest by Ben Folds 5, which is beautiful. But to Matt, that's like from a previous relationship song. <laughs> so, right. so we're not having that. Mm. <laughs> but that's the only song really of their, you know, that album, Zach and Sarah, I think it is, I sort of quite enjoyed, but I've never really got into them. It was, he does a Dr. Dre cover, which really put me off him. I think it's one of the most <laughs> smug kind of, um, uh, and arguably racist things that I've ever mm. heard is it's him covering um, a song called Bitches Ain't Shit, but doing it in a kind of like, isn't this clever and ironic way because I'm Ugh. doing it on a piece of guitar. That's why um, I fucking so really hate when Ryan off. Adams did that to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, Just fuck off. You do what you do. She does what she does. Stop trying to be, think you're clever. And all yeah, it actually a real did was show up how good her songs were, I thought. <laughs> that they, you know, withstood that. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, the one I do love, Alec Willett suggested uh, You Suffer by Napalm Death, which is 10 <laughs> seconds Ooh, long. Quick, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We, we, could, uh, we could listen to that quite a few times while we're in the bunker. Um, <laughs> he also suggested uh, Fourth Edge Free by John Cage. 
I think very appropriate for a bunker because mm. I think you're going to need that at some point. Mm. Yeah. Although if you've got limited space for records, I don't know whether we want a record of silence. Uh, <laughs> we could probably just pretend. Fine. <laughs> um, I messed with my father. My father uh, said Bob Dylan's Hard Rains are going to fall, which is a, a nice. choice I approve of. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll Someone called Primark Leggings on Twitter um, said anything by Bewitched. And I didn't quite understand why. And I said, oh, I love that as a choice. What's the reasoning? And uh, they just messaged back saying, happier times, babes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I'm sure you're lovely, but I don't want to be trapped in a bunker with that person. <laughs> <laughs> well, blame it on the weather, man, does seem like a good, uh, good song for nuclear fallout. Uh, yeah. Uh, the last one on my list is, is uh, Sarah Wolverine has suggested uh, Idiotech by Radiohead, which I think is very appropriate. See, I stopped with Radiohead after uh, OK Computer. For me, I was done then. Because I'm, because I'm a wanker, I started <laughs> from there. <laughs> the more unlistenable they became, I'll, I went, I'll oh, I like I'll forgive you because you're younger than me, so you weren't there at the time, man. I'm just in time. We uh, don't have long left, so um, I wanted to thank you for joining us, Andrew. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. Thank you. you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, what you, I suppose no one knows what they're working or what they're going to be doing in the future. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, Who knows? I've got the news quiz for the next four weeks. So depending on when this uh, comes out, either catch it if you can or, or don't. Um, and then after that, it really is anybody's guess what happens next. I was supposed <laughs> to be going on tour in the autumn. Unlikely now. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Fantastic. Um, and th- th- thank you uh, as well for listening. We're, we, If people want to suggest song choices for the future, we're on all sorts of social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. We're e- at emixpod on both of those, at emixpod. Or you can email us, which is emergencymixtapepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for listening. I've been Joe. Night. I've been Graham. Goodbye. And I've been Angela Barnes. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Wow, that was an absolute banger of a playlist. We should so do this again soon. Uh, hold on, we, we've got to go back in the bunker. No, come on, we've listened to the mixtape. I've got to go visit my elderly relatives. No, you don't understand. I've I've just checked my phone. That there's this virus. Hundreds of thousands have died. It it says that we should stay inside at all times. Look, I know that you're lonely. But I just can't hang out in your bunker all year. I'm sorry. No, Graham, it's real. It, it's this virus. It's, it's taken over the world. L- listen to yourself. You sound mad. I'm not mad. It came from a bat. And, and, and all the shops have sold out of toilet roll. And, and people really like Piers Morgan now. I'm leaving.